the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When men were men. You know, that's a phrase you don't hear much anymore because it probably has become a little bit too politically incorrect. It was never meant to be taken literally, I don't think, but because of the insanity about gender that's been, uh, that's been, that has taken over the world, it could actually be taken literally now. Uh, there was a men, there was a time when men were actually, you know, men. And if you were a man, <laughs> you were a man, and that was kind of it. But it's still a phrase that old timers used to talk about how much tougher men were in their day. And I thought of that today after I went to the dentist. And before I get to that, I want to tell you that after the break coming up in a few minutes here, we will be uh, at uh, 515. We're going to be talking to Kimberly Strassel, one of the smartest people on television, uh, Wall Street Journal columnist and author of many books, including a new one about how Trump haters are breaking America. The producer here, Erin, is uh, 30 years old, so she's a lot younger than I am. And so I'm, I torture her from time to time, telling her about the old days. So I was telling her today about um, my trip to the dentist. That's why I wanted to talk about when men were men. And um, if you are old enough to remember, you can relate to this. If you're not, you may be, I don't know, you may be cringing when you hear it. But um, when I was a kid... I mean, I got a tooth pulled today, so they I, don't know, I got numbed up with Novocaine. And it wasn't fun, but it was, you know, I got through it. It wasn't that bad. But um, I told Aaron, and I think about it every once in a while, I would go to the dentist when I was seven, eight, nine years old. And I'm not exaggerating here. Um, the, the dentist office was right down the street from the school that I went to, uh, St. Bernard's up in Mount Lebanon. And uh, it was an old house where the dentist had his office. And um, my mother, I was maybe eight. My mother was uh, at home with, she would have had, if I was eight, she would have had a newborn, a two-year-old, a five-year-old, me, and my nine-year-old brother. That would have been her crew. And she wasn't, so it would be kind of hard for her to go to the dentist with me. She didn't drive, because a lot of women in those days didn't drive. So guess what? I went to the dentist by myself. I was like, I, I left that school when I was in fifth grade, and that would have made me 10. And I know I did it uh, for several years while I was there. So I would have been seven, eight, nine, no older than 10, and I would go to the dentist by myself. And uh, Dr. Gehring, and um, he would, you know, check, do, do a checkup. And I always had cavities. I'm, I'm just one of those kids that had cavities. I ate a lot of sugar. Still do, by the way. And um, I would get my teeth filled and my teeth drilled, more importantly, drilled with no Novocaine. Now that is a man being a man. I was seven or eight years old, and I can still remember sitting there hoping that when he did the uh, when he did the, uh, te- the, the, the checkup, that I wouldn't have any cavities. I always had at least one, many times multiple. And he would let me hold the uh, the drill, the button, I think it was, or maybe I squeezed something, but it was some, I, I had to control the drill in my right hand. And he would say, okay, we're going to count to five. And there were cartoons, this is how young I was, there were cartoons on the wall, okay? Uh, really bad, depressing, like stick figure cartoons on the wall. And uh, I would sit there and get my teeth drilled and but he anyway i would hold the the drill um power it was a button or a squeeze thing i don't know what it was but he would say okay um we're gonna count to five he would go one while the drill's going and i'm holding the button down i got no novocaine now i want you to picture this because this aaron's in there right now she's cringing because if you've had teeth filled or drilled uh with novocaine it's not that much fun but it doesn't hurt once you get over the needle the shot from the you know the, the pain from the needle you feel nothing 
it feels really bad, by the way, to get drilled with no Novocaine. So anyway, he would say, "We're going to count to five, and I and I would he'd be I'd be count he'd be counting. He'd say one, and I'd be holding the button down. He'd say two, three. Four, and this is the best part. And I remember, I'm sitting here with a drill in my tooth with no Novocaine. He'd say, four and five. And that was when it was, you know, getting down right real close to the nerve. And then he'd go drill a couple more after that, and then he'd fill them, and then I would leave. But uh, there was was a little basket out front with um, rings and little, you know, toys in there. So that's how young I was. I would go out and... After that, after my my reward for having my tooth drilled with no numbing, no numbing, my 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 reward was, hey, you've been a good kid. Go out there and get a prize. And it was a you know, there was like twelve cent plastic ring or some stupid little toy like that would be out in the basket, and I could go, you go ahead and take an extra one because you were a good boy today. And how did this guy do this every day? Just drill. Innocent children, angelic kids like me, who are in there sitting there with their mouth open, and he sticks that drill in your face and drills it with no numbing. How, how did they do that? And I'm guessing that the the drill bit was probably about half as as sharp as the ones they use now, which mean, means it took it meant it took longer and caused more pain. So I just wanted to tell you that story about when men. We're men. And by the way, when we finish, we're going to have Kimberly uh, Strassel coming up next. But uh, at the bottom of the, at the end of the show, I'm going to tell you where I was 40 years ago tonight. And I think you uh, might remember what was happening on that night. And I'll tell you my experiences because I was there. We'll be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRSPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, Siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year, and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. That's MarleyFG.com. 1776 Freedom's Calling is hosting an evening with Dinesh D'Souza, best-selling author and documentary film producer, on Thursday, October 24th. This event's new location is the Antonelli Event Center in North Huntington, PA. 1776 Freedom's Calling is very honored to be the only committee in Pennsylvania collaborating with Dinesh D'Souza to inform the Commonwealth about the detrimental effects of socialism. Go to 1776freedomscalling.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy & Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. 
to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour. A tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps. Sail on the Sea of Galilee and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join Mike Gallagher and Dennis Prager on the Stand with Israel tour by going to theanswerpgh.com com slash Israel. That's the answer. pgh.com slash Israel. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM twelve fifty and FM ninety two point five. The answer. Well, every day is something. Today it's a ceasefire in Turkey that a lot of people said could never happen, and it's President Trump announcing that the G seven summit next year has been awarded to his Doral Resort outside Miami. Serious constitutional questions are being raised about that one. It's almost like he does this stuff on purpose just to get the uh, the Trump haters riled up. Kimberly Strassel is a Wall Street uh, Journal columnist and someone who you've seen on national TV a lot. She's also the author of a book called Resistance at All Costs: How Trump haters are breaking America, and she joins us now. Kimberly, thanks a lot for being here, and congratulations on the book. It is so great to be here, John. Thanks for having me. So, before we get to the book, though, because <laughs> I have to ask you this, because I, I look, I, I know what you wrote about here in the book, and it's, I have to ask you, is this Doral thing just Trump playing with the haters? This, this is just gonna. He has them so riled up with this, and it's something he could, you know, he could have picked anywhere. I guess there were four or five places, and he picks his own. His own resort. You know, the funny thing is, is I, I think more and more that Donald Trump, the actions he takes are only designed to annoy his <laughs> left and see how much he can make their heads explode. I always like it when he does his Twitter feed and he, he will occasionally send out those Trump 2024 pick, you know, stickers right. suggesting that he's never going to leave office. <laughs> and of course, the joke is, is it's because there were serious media, media people. I'm not joking. Serious media people who wrote stories absurdly suggesting that he might not peacefully leave office. And so I think, he, yeah, he stirs the pot. So uh, now the book, you, you talk about the unhinged uh, nature of the resistance and how it's unprecedented and unending. In most elections, both sides are at least somewhat prepared for the possibility that they, they could lose. How much of this hysteria is just a result of, sh- of shock over a guy who had no chance of winning actually winning? Yeah, I say in the book that I think it's a huge amount. And don't underestimate how much the left was banking on cementing Barack Obama's legacy, uh, putting us on the path uh, forever toward progressive policy, and also getting their first shot in decades at running the Supreme Court. All of that was denied to them and then adding in their minds, insult to injury, uh, stolen from them, not stolen, but in their minds, stolen from them uh, by a guy that they viewed as a buffoon. And that all combined to this rage, but moreover to uh, an unprecedented mentality that they were allowed to take whatever actions and violate whatever, whatever norms and standards and regulations in order to try to remove him from office. Yeah, and you write in the introduction uh, that this is not a book about Donald Trump. So what, what, what would you say if somebody asked you, what is this book about? This book is about that particular group of people. And, you know, I use the word haters in the subtitle on purpose because mm-hmm. thinking people can be critical of any president, right? Yep. That's how we, we should all look at politicians. We say that they do some things good. We say that they do some things bad. This is a different group of people that decided that he was illegitimate and that he needed to be taken out before we had another election. And that was their view from the start. And this book is about how that mentality has led them 
themselves to destroy any number of institutions and standards that we have. Whether look out there, look at the loss of faith and trust in the FBI and the Department of yep. Justice mm-hmm. given that investigation. Look at the misuse of impeachment as a partisan political tool, which is setting a very dangerous new standard. Look at the wreck that is our Senate confirmation process after Brett Kavanaugh. The book is about those examples, laying out precisely what kind of standards they transgressed and what the danger of that is. You also say that if there is no room for a book, uh, that there is no room for a book that seeks to look as critically at the overreaction to Trump as at Trump himself, we as a civil society are lost. That's if there is no room for it. So has the reaction so far uh, led you to believe that there is room or are we lost, I guess, is the question. (laughs) Well, I think as if to prove that point, it's interesting. I mean, if you know me and you know my work, I I sit on the editorial board. Right. Um, I have been critical of Donald Trump over things. I try to look at him in terms of his policies. Are they good for free markets and free people? Are they not? Um, But because I have been unrelentingly critical of an FBI that investigates the sitting presidential campaign, which, I, by the way, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You should be horrified by the, those very words. Mm-hmm. And because I've been critical that we overthrew due process during the Kavanaugh uh, nomination hearing, you know, I get I get classified as a, a Trump stoolie and toady. And, and so I think that line was sort of meant for those people. I haven't convinced them, obviously, but it, but it is a problem. <laughs> Yeah, you spent a lot of time on James Comey and the FBI. Uh, how much of the torture in the country that we're going through now over all this is that we've been put through? Uh, how much of that do you think would have been avoided if Clinton had hasn't hadn't already been declared the winner before anybody had voted? Because I mean, I just had a guy on the other day, and he said that at, at uh, in I guess August or September of 2016, or maybe it's 15, uh, you could uh, get you could get 500 to one odds. Uh, you, if you bet $2,000 on Donald Trump, you're a millionaire. That's how, that's how much chance he was given. Wow, I wish I bet, and I yeah. wish I had thought of doing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, look, I think that there's an important point here, and I, I detail it in the book, that Jim Comey himself has acknowledged that the entire leadership of the FBI was operating under the belief that Hillary Clinton would win this election. And if you'll note... I think that that's why they kept all of this secret from everybody, right? They didn't tell Congress, which is what they were obliged to do. You're supposed to confer with the House Intelligence Committee, Senate Intelligence Committee, when you're running a counterintelligence investigation. They never told them. They were secretive with the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. And I think the entire idea was that they figured this was kind of that insurance policy, right? Right. Um, but that if Hillary Clinton was elected, nobody would ever know what they had done. Um, and then what you saw in the ensuing months after the election of Donald Trump was the FBI desperately trying to cover its backside, mm-hmm. get the Russia collusion narrative out there, the special counsel appointed to, further, to try to legitimize its actions, even though they were utterly illegitimate and we had to go through two years of the Mueller probe to finally realize that. And I've thought from for a long time, just uh, without having to be an investigative reporter or even to spend a lot of time thinking about it, the stuff was so blatant that they did or tried to get away with that only someone who thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win would even consider trying to get away with it. They, 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 there's yeah. only that, 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 That's enough explanation right there. Nobody would do that if they thought that Hillary Clinton was not going to be the president. I totally agree with you. And one of the things I try really hard to do in the book is outline specifically where people cross the line. Because I've noticed when I talk to folks that they're angry and furious about all of this, but sometimes find it hard to articulate what exactly happened that was was so wrong in exact words. And so I try to go through that. And whether it is the FBI's decision to not give the Trump campaign a defensive briefing, a courtesy they would have given almost any other campaign, uh, whether it was the unprecedented decision to start a counterintelligence investigation, uh, whether it was not being honest with the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. As you said, these are blatant, brazen, uh, in my mind, violations of policy, if not law. And 
I think they thought that nobody would ever know what they'd done. And they all knew how what, what the consequences would be if they did get caught, which would which would you would think make them less likely to do it, but only likely to do it if they knew that they weren't going to get caught. Well, that and also you have to remember, and you know this, I know this, but I mean, now that we have gotten a full-on view of Jim Comey, Mm -hmm. it is frightening to think that that man ran the FBI for as long as he did, because I think, you know, the key words that tend to come out are are arrogant, uh, a little bit megalomaniacal. You know, and by the way, these are not just my words. Uh, the, The inspector general of the Department of Justice, when it put out its report about the FBI's handling of the Clinton email affair, uh, called Jim Comey insubordinate. Um, and then look at the title of his book. I mean, this guy, I think he truly believed he was saving the country oh, yeah. from some sort of threat. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a little bit of accountability that needs to be laid at the feet of Barack Obama, who nominated him. Because some of us, even back when he was being nominated, said, this guy is just a little too narcissistic to be <laughs> running an agency like this. Yeah, we're talking to Kimberly Strassel. She's the author of a book, Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters Are Breaking America. Now, you saved the last chapter for media, and you wrote, uh, the past few years have been have seen the greatest disintegration of press standards in the modern history of the industry. And it goes beyond bias, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, by the way, was that the understatement of the century or what? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it goes beyond bias. Look, I think some of us on the right have always known that the press is biased. Right. But that all changed about three years ago when they decided to outwardly, brazenly, actively act on that bias. And they've done it in a number of different ways. One of it has been abandoning the standards, right? You know, relying on anonymous sources, using people who were clearly caught up in this mess as anonymous sources, running uncorroborated or even flat-out false allegations against people. Um, Another way they've done it, too, is to not cover stories that matter or to give cover to You know, we in the press, we exist to hold those in power to account. And there was a day when the press was rightfully skeptical of law enforcement, especially abusive law enforcement and the FBI. And yet, listen to him the last three years. Jim Comey could do no wrong. Yeah, wiretap a few more people in the United States, Jim. Go, go, go. I mean, this is not what we expect. And I personally... You look at I, I detail all this damage and these this these boundary crossings that we have that are causing issues, and I lay so much of it at the feet of the press because it has always been their obligation to act as a guardrail in the country and to call balls and strikes and say no, this is not appropriate. That's a double standard. Whatever it is, you can't expect them to do that when they're all in for one side, and that's what we've got right now. Yeah, those days are over. I've less than two minutes to go here, and up against a hard break. So, uh, what's what can people do to resist? Or overcome the resistance? To resist the resistance? Yeah. Um, Well, you know, look, vote, be involved. Um, You know, one thing that worries me a great deal, these tactics, I I think that if they win next time around, they're going to take that as a green light that what they did was right, and they'll ramp it up even more. And that is worrisome to me. Yeah, and... um is Trump justified then in calling it fake news? Because he, he gets criticized for he, they, they're comparing him to Hitler. I just saw one uh, yesterday where the, the they gave the German word for what Hitler used to call it, and it, it translates to fake. Well, look, there's a fine line between calling out bad behavior and outright sort of making greater enemies. Um, And, you know, we know Trump sometimes tends to walk on the other side of that line. So, you know, he's made enemies. The press should nonetheless be able to separate that from their personal views and do their jobs. Um, And he is right. Some of what they write is outright fake news. Hey, Kimberly, I'm out of time. I really appreciate it. Great book. I hope it does well for you. Congratulations. Thanks again for being here. Yeah, you th- thank you for having me, John. Okay, and we will be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. 
President Trump is hailing Turkey's five-day ceasefire against the Kurds in northern Syria. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton has more. The agreement was announced as the president flew here to Texas. Stepping off Air Force One, he declared the ceasefire to be an amazing outcome. It's a great day for the United States. It's a great day for Turkey. Mr. Trump, who was harshly criticized for withdrawing U.S. troops from the region, claimed this unconventional way of halting the violence will save millions of lives. And he fully expects Turkish President Erdogan to visit the White House next month. Greg Clugston with the president in Fort Worth, Texas. Home building fell last month. It was driven by a sharp decline in the construction of new apartments. The Commerce Department says housing starts dropped 9.4%. The Dow finished higher. The Dow up 24 points. The Nasdaq, 32 points higher. This is SRN News. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is... I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and the Prager Store has compiled every male-female hour since 2010. We've had topics and calls about marriage, kids, dating, intimacy, fidelity, plus every segment with my friend and relationship expert, Alison Armstrong. These segments have literally saved marriages. For a limited time, the complete collection, 10 years of male-female hour, 50% off, available on flash drives or as a download, go to PragerStore.com. Dr. Sebastian Gorka wants the Trump accusers to step up. In the Western Judeo-Christian civilized world, you get to look into the eyes of your accuser. You can't just besmirch somebody secretly and then scurry away and hide in the shadows. But that's exactly what they are doing today. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The Answer. Are you willing to go through another season with cold and drafty windows or doors? Well, you don't have to. Pella has a great sale going on right now. Get $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Energy efficiency, noise control. Plus, we are certified best for kids. Our warranties are the best in the business and expert installation too. It's Pella on sale right now. Call 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is John Shilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car, truck, or crossover, now is the time to visit the team at Calusi. They now have the new 2020 Chevy Equinox in stock. So with select bonus cash and price reductions below the MSRP, you could save over $4,200 on select Equinox models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. 1776 Freedom's Calling is hosting an evening with Dinesh D'Souza, best-selling author and documentary film producer, on Thursday, October 24th. This event's new location is the Antonelli Event Center in North Huntington, PA. 1776 Freedom's Calling is very honored to be the only committee in Pennsylvania collaborating with Dinesh D'Souza to inform the Commonwealth about the detrimental effects of socialism. Go to 1776freedomscalling.com. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs, and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway West, it is really stacking up inbound 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And as you head over to the Parkway East, some volume delays inbound. Exit Swiss Belt to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Got some slowdowns outbound 579 from 28 up to the Parkway North. Nothing too unusual along the Parkway North except the HOV lanes. The gate at Stadium Drive is shut down for repair. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Mostly cloudy tonight, brisk and chilly. The low going down to 39. Tomorrow, we'll have sunshine mixed with some clouds, high 55. 
Partly cloudy and chilly tomorrow night. While frost developing in much of the area with a low tomorrow night of 34. Then for Saturday, a nice looking start to the weekend. Mostly sunny, a milder afternoon, high 63 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I sure hope I live to be 102 because that would mean I'd make it to 2050 and I'd be able to appreciate and enjoy the benefits of the stupid law that was produced by an executive order from the governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf. In case you missed it, Pennsylvania could be getting into the Regional Greenhouse Gas, in- Gas Initiative. Just the name should scare everybody off. Anyway, uh, Gregory Wrightstone is a geologist and the author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know, and he joins us now. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. Hey, before we get going, just you might want to know, right now on Amazon, the book is number one bestseller in several categories. So woohoo for me. Oh, but, but yeah, that, that's not what we're on to talk about. But I had to gloat a little bit. No, 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 no. That's fine. Uh, you should. I I know what it goes into writing a book. Um, so um, would it be safe to say that Al Gore would love this uh, executive order that you uh, are all fired up about? Oh my yes. Uh, it doesn't go far enough from what he would say. Because let's let's go over what what Governor Wolf has proposed here. He's he's proposing. Uh, he signed an executive order two weeks ago on October 3rd to get us uh, bring Pennsylvania into the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. It's a, a co-op, if you will, of, of now 10 states in the northeast United States. Uh, what it does, what it wants to do is set up a market where electricity providers, uh, generators, have to buy car- what they call carbon offsets. Uh, for all the carbon dioxide emissions that they create. So it only targets electricity generators, uh, but they have to go buy this. The uh, current rate is 520 uh, uh, per ton uh, released. That would be, it, it, it's somewhere between 250 and $400 million that the electricity generators would have to, to pay out. That's in and, Pennsylvania. And that's, that's, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pennsylvania electricity generators. Yeah. And they're not going to eat that. They're not going to eat that. Oh, no. That's going to be passed directly on to everybody mm-hmm. consuming electricity that are generated there. And what that's going to do is drive up the cost for just about everything uh, that's that's in the state for uh, uh, high-intensity electricity, high-intensity energy uh, manufacturing sectors are going to just move out of state. And that's what we've seen in the other nine states uh, that have imposed this. They have partially reduced their their uh, carbon dioxide emissions, but it wasn't through the intended consequences. It was industries moving out of those states to others where they had lower energy prices. It only makes sense. So what this is going to do is make Pennsylvania less competitive economically, uh, and it's going to increase costs for for everybody listening on this uh, to you right now and to us. It's going to drive up everything, not just for electricity, but just think of all the other products. Uh, that are constructed well restaurants be, have an electric bill yeah yeah and it's uh and in ohio and west virginia our neighboring states here to the west and south they have no they have no intention of doing this absolutely not uh they've, they've stated that they've, they're they're not going to do it uh so uh you know if i've got a widget factory that's energy intensive I'll, I'll move it over to over to moundsville or or uh uh Mahoning County or someplace in Ohio or whatever, uh, it only makes sense to do that. And one of the things I just wrote a, a commentary on this that was uh, that we published. And one of the things that that no one talks about is, and I will be talking about it. I'm going to be testifying to the House Energy and Science Committee on October 28th in uh, in Harrisburg about this, uh, and I'll be providing my my science based. Uh, analysis uh, of this bill, but one of the things they don't talk about is just how little warming would be averted by reducing our our CO2 emissions in Pennsylvania. And if we reduced 100% of all of our CO2 emissions from the electricity sector, we would only avert, now you're ready for this, you're Mm -hmm. sitting down, one one one-thousandth of a degree Fahrenheit by the year 
2050. So you're saying really? I, I'm not going to need to load up on sweaters or anything if I live to be 102 because I'm not going to well, probably not going to feel that one thousandth of a degree. Yeah, yeah, you're probably not. Yeah, that's well below anything we can. Uh, the, 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 we our ability to measure that, and I brought that up. I I, uh, I was in part of a panel discussion in Columbus on Tuesday with a, a professor from Penn State that he was adamant that this was a crisis and we had to do everything in our power to. To, to change it. And I, I said, well, if we, I told him, I said, if we reduced 100% of our carbon dioxide emissions in the entire United States, it would only avert four hundredths of a degree centigrade by the year 2050 and one tenth of a degree centigrade grade by 2100. Really, that's, I mean, that's if we went, we did that. And he admitted that that's true. But he says that we're just one country and all the countries on earth have to cooperate. Yeah, India will be right yeah, he, on that. Right. A four hundredth of a degree centigrade by twenty fifty. How many jobs lost is that worth? I'll tell you how many. Zero, zero. Yeah, but here's but, the thing, but, Gregory. I, I, if this, you're both. You're a geologist, so you qualify as a scientist. I assume that he's also a scientist. What? How do they justify torturing the entire civilization? In order to to lower the the uh, temperature of the Earth by a, a percentage that would not be noticeable or change anything, I mean, they must. What what is their justification for it then? If if well, well, if they he, can't he, use the degree to which you know the, the 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 Earth would supposedly be cooler, well, he I, we both gave a talk before mm-hmm. the panel discussion and debate. His talk was entitled. Uh, the rocks, it was a geology conference, so the title was uh, The Rock Solid Evidence oh, okay. for Anthropogenic Warming. And mm-hmm. well, and he, he used models about what was going to happen, how hot it was going to get. It would be, the world spiraling into this catastrophe of, of unprecedented warming. And, and my talk right after him was unprecedented or unusual. Uh, the evidence says else, you know, so basically he's saying X and I was saying Y. And the difference is, I look at, he uses models to project what might happen 50 or 80 years in the future. Mm-hmm. What I do, I look at what's actually happening today. And what I see is an Earth that's thriving, prospering, and greening. And humanity's benefiting because of rising temperatures and increasing CO2. It's just opposite of what we're being told. So again, if we looked at at rank speculation based on failed climate models, you'll come up with one thing, and I look at the actual science of what's going on today, and I see it's it's we really have an Earth, I and mean, by just about every metric you look at, things are getting better and better and better, and it's just the opposite of what we're being told. I mean, fires and a lot of these extreme weather events are actually declining; mm-hmm. they're not increasing, but they are in their models, right. and they're expected be to be that but you know i'm what they want to do is impose these economically crippling and basically sanctions on the people of the united states and the western world meanwhile china and india get a pass india in particular and i love what they're doing prime minister modri uh he's just said we're gonna we're gonna ignore the paris climate accords I'm going to do what's best for my people, and what's best for my people is to provide abundant, low-cost, reliable energy. And he's doing that by building a lot of coal-fired plants. Now, they're, they're embracing renewables as well. Mm-hmm. They have an all-of-the-above policy, but they can't get there uh, without, uh, without the, the fossil fuel-fired electricity. And, I mean, they've got a, they've got a, what, 1.3 billion people there, and half of those are living in energy poverty. Uh, Four million people around the world die in early death from emphysema or lung cancer because they're cooking over wood or dry dung in their homes. Those are four million lives that could be spared by giving them electric or giving them propane, compressed natural gas. And those are the things that uh, the Pope, AOC, Greta Thunberg, all these people want to basically destined these people to uh, uh, generational poverty when they can be lifted up out of out of generational poverty with reliable abundant affordable energy and um it's this this all makes so much sense what you're saying and the hysteria that's that's being um generated by the people who think that we're all doomed if we don't listen to them 
Um, why are people so quick to accept that, and why do you have to beat your head against the wall to get people to listen to you, which I think you probably do anyway? Uh, I'm very optimistic. As I, as I travel around the country, I just meet random people in the air, on the airline or wherever, and I, I find that people are just thirsty for unbiased, unfiltered, good scientific information presented in a logical way to tell them about the, the climate change facts that run contrary to this, this consensus opinion of catastrophic man-made warming. And there's a lot of data out there. There's a huge amount of, of information that I, I just presented on Tuesday, a pretty, a pretty good science-based uh, presentation for 30 minutes of, of why, as a geologist, I don't believe that, that we're leading that, uh, that uh, man-made uh, or greenhouse-driven warming is happening. Well, it is happening, but it's, it's overwhelmed by the same natural forces that have been driving temperature from, well, since the dawn of time, really. Mm-hmm. Now, and, uh, the, the other thing that, that, that uh, amazes me is that, that no, matter, um, no matter how much sense you make, that uh, if you were to be hired tomorrow to work for, um, I don't know, Consol Energy or uh, Exxon, that would destroy your credibility in the minds of about 95% of the media because you work for an energy company. You can't possibly right. be unbiased. And But right. wh- wh- who else would an energy co- – if I owned an energy company, I'd say find me somebody who can, can blow holes in this stupid argument that wants to ruin my business. Of course, I'm going yeah. to find somebody like you. Yeah, yeah. I, I get one. I get. I, I've, I've not taken a penny uh, in any. For the, you know, for for what I do, I walked away from a successful consulting business two years ago because I got consumed with this. It was, you know, I'm a man on a mission. I sometimes feel like an old time evangelist spreading the good news of the gospel of rising of rising and increasing CO2. And uh, you know, I'm trying to get the word out. But you're right. And when last time I testified in Harrisburg, uh, there was uh, two of the Democrat congressmen. She really got into me about your funding, and I and I wish I had it in front of me. I went and looked later. Well, heck, she's gotten forty two or forty three thousand dollars from Penn Future, from this environmental group and that environmental yep. group, and, and she's she's calling me biased and, and bought and paid for. No, no, honey, it was you, sweetheart. Well, she'll be in that same conference room next time I'm there we're, on the 28th. We're talking to Gregory Wrightstone. He's a geologist and the author of Inconvenience Fa- Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. While I have you here, Gregory, uh, the w- what's happening in California, speaking of power and energy and electricity, there are people out there have gone without power, uh, millions, I guess, or hundreds of thousands. I don't know what the number is. Too many have gone without electricity for i don't know how many days because in an effort to uh prevent more fires um and who's uh, i'm sure there are people out there saying that this is all climate change that's causing these Mm -hmm. fires but it's it's humans that are causing it but has nothing to do with the with with the way they're producing energy right well it does have to do with with the way they're producing energy it's it's the electrical lines that are strung through the trees yeah. and through on the poles. And the high, every year the Santa Ana winds come up at this time of year, really, really high winds. And uh, they knock over power lines. And most of the fires in California are, are man-made. Not that they're arson, but a lot of it are, are transformers sparking. Uh, you get the random drunk illegal immigrant running into a pole or something. Uh, forgive me. That was a little humor there. That was, but uh, but you get they're mostly man made. Yeah. Uh, but get oh no, get this now. Your listeners will be shocked when they hear this. According to Cal Fire, so all things all things fire related in Cal California, you go to Cal Fire for the data. According to Cal Fire, the number of fires in California over the last thirty years have declined by almost fifty percent. In California, they've declined. Now, the area burned has increased, mm-hmm. okay, which means that each fire is necessarily twice as big and probably a lot more intense. But that's a forest management issue. That's yep. not a climate change issue. We got away from proper forest management 
Oh, probably 40 years ago. Remember, under the Clinton administration, the old growth forest and spotted owl, and they. Uh, so the old forest management used to include timbering, grazing, controlled burns. Uh, there were a lot of things that they changed, and now, according to the Sierra Nevada Conservancy, there are five to six times too many trees per acre. And think about that. So now you get a fire. It's not just that extra fuel, but just think each extra tree is competing against those other trees for scarce soil moisture. So these extra trees are actually exacerbating an already possibly arid condition. I mean, California, after all, is is basically a a semi-desert. And uh, so they're competing for that same scarce soil moisture. And think about it, too. It used to be when a fire happened, the fire crews used the logging roads to get in. Well, they're all growing up now. Uh, so you've got access issues to get back into the, into the areas. There's just a lot of things. In, in, in the, they've really, you know, the area burned increase. It, it is it is a man caused problem, but again, it's it's not a global warming caused problem. It's it's from our own right. uh, policies on on timbering and lumbering and and how we manage our forests. Uh, so there's and we see the same thing in the Amazon fires. Uh, those Amazon it blew up a few weeks ago or a month ago. Well, if you look at the at the NASA report, if you look there now, they say that the 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 fires in the Amazon are, and this is a quote, about average from what they've been since the first satellite went up uh, in two thousand and three. Just dead center, right in the middle of the average. Well, I'm I'm out of time, Gregory. Um, I I really appreciate you being on, and thanks for uh, alerting me to this stupid uh, executive order that the governor put out. We'll talk to you about that again after you testify up there. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's uh, Gregory Wrightstone. He's a geologist and the author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. We'll be right back. living in a very successful, affluent society for many people, yet it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired to work with uh, UPMC or Google or or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. Hi, this is John Jilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet, and it is officially Chevy Truck Month. Calusi has a huge selection of Silverados in stock, and right now you can qualify for over $9,500 off the MSRP on select models of the new 2019 Silverado All-Star. Plus, only during Truck Month, there's no monthly payments for 90 days for well-qualified buyers and when you finance with GM Financial. Check them out at Calusi.com. Buy new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, a warrior is more than a team name. Here, at their fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school, just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, a warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. A warrior is challenged to learn as they develop a strong work ethic, achieve academic excellence, and cultivate a lifelong love of learning. And a warrior is trained to lead through Christian character and integrity so they can impact the world for Christ by their example wherever God calls them. So, are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School. 
a fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made. At OurPCS.org. That's O-U-R-P-C-S dot org. Regenerate Me, now open in Bethel Park, is helping people restore, rebuild, and regenerate their bodies through Advanced Biological Therapy, or ABT. Advanced Biological Therapy gets amazing results by helping your body regenerate skin, restore metabolism, and relieve chronic joint problems to avoid surgery. Regenerate Me specializes in bone and joint issues like arthritis, skin problems due to aging, and even fat loss. Learn more at RegeneratePGH.com. From the Services tab, click the ABT Candidate Program and fill out the questionnaire. A health professional will call you back and help you determine if advanced biological therapy is for you. Regenerate Me's equipment and treatments have been cleared for safety by the FDA and are not covered by health insurance or Medicare. Call 412-851-3811 to schedule a no-obligation consultation or attend the next office dinner lecture on October 30th, catered by Pasta 2, to find out more. Seating is limited. RSVP now. 412-851-3811. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. So, uh, I know where I was exactly 40 years ago tonight. Uh, Right at this minute, I was in the press lounge at the old Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, getting ready for Game 7 of the 1979 World Series. And... um, and I had been working at, I started working at Channel 4, WTAE, uh, in December of 78, 10 months earlier. So there I am, Super Bowl in January of 79. Nine months after that, I was at the World Series in Baltimore for Game 7. And then three or four months, what, I guess four months after that, back at the Super Bowl for Super Bowl 14 in LA for, uh, with the Steelers. But what I, the thing I remember, I don't have to tell you about what happened. Everybody knows the story of what happened in the in the World Series, and they won in Game Seven. My most, my the thing I remember most was Jimmy Carter was there, President Carter, and they had a um, Secret Service crew with them. There was a Secret Service guy who sat on the third base line, about three rows from the field, but they had turned his seat around backwards so that he could do do his observing, and he sat with his back to Game 7 of the 1979 World Series. And I watched him. He never turned around. That's a guy who's dedicated to his job. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com